Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. It is 534 here on the Todd and Oz Show, the Monday edition. And yeah, you can join us anytime you want at 512-836-0590. We begin with the big stories. The Senate has released the long-awaited text of a compromise bill Sunday aimed at curtailing the historic um, high illegal border crossings. This bill's central aim is to end the widespread use of the practice known as catch and release, in which migrants claiming asylum are released into the United States with immigration court dates years in the future. It contains new measures that make it tougher to qualify for asylum, detain or track migrants as they move through the process, and limit how many people can can make asylum claims per day. Chance of USA from demonstrators with the Take Our Border Back protest started with a vehicle convoy in Virginia and other states and arrived in the Texas border town of Camado on Friday night. Many protesters voiced disgust for President Biden and support for former President Donald Trump's immigration policies. The weekend covered religious and political views. Meanwhile, Republican governors for more than a dozen states joined Texas Governor Greg Abbott in Eagle Pass, Texas. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders called on President Biden to stop acting like there's nothing he can do to fix a broken immigration system. Every single person knows he could make changes and steps right now today to help secure our border and protect our country. Governor Abbott said he and his colleagues have allowed in a clear message. That we are banding together to fight to ensure that we will be able to maintain our constitutional guarantee that states will be able to defend against any type of imminent danger or an invasion. On Capitol Hill, the U.S. Senate's expected to release text of a proposed bill this week. Republican Congresswoman Nancy May spoke with Fox News about a potential path for an immigration bill. Anything short of shutting down the border, shutting down free hotel rooms, shutting down free credit cards for illegal aliens that are coming into this country, anything short of that is going to have problems in the House. Senators say the legislation includes $60 billion in aid for Ukraine and $14 billion in security help for Israel. $20 billion would go to border security. It would also accelerate the processing of some migrant cases. I'm Clayton Neville. Meanwhile, as Texas reinforces its barriers in some parts of the state, new numbers obtained by the CBP source shows that a majority of the migrant trafficking is moving to the west. The situation in Eagle Pass has really changed over the last few weeks. Normally, we would have seen several migrant groups trying to cross the Rio Grande. But ever since the state of Texas started putting up more barriers and razor wire, it's really slowed down. Instead, other areas along the southern border are seeing big increases. The latest CBP figures show more than 70% of apprehensions are now occurring in Arizona and California. Of the nearly 33,000, more than 23,000 happened in those states. 
In Eagle Pass, Texas, Jeff Paul, Fox News. It is 537. Meanwhile, the beating of uh, NYPD cops is getting some reaction from Texas Governor Greg Abbott. It may be the most reprehensible thing that I've seen. Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who has sent many migrants to New York City by bus, weighed in on the beating of NYPD officers caught on tape. Governor Abbott said on Fox's Sunday Morning Futures, it's another facet to trouble that stems from the southern border. What's going on in New York is outrageous, and Americans across the entire country are angry. Governor Abbott said Biden administration open border policies are to blame. New York's Democratic governor, Kathy Hochul, said the migrants should be arrested and deported. Gernal Scott, Fox News. The U.S. is stepping up its response to the threats of Iran-backed Houthi rebels across the Middle East. Speaking to the Associated Press, Hussein al-Musawi, a spokesperson for Harakat al-Nujaba, one of the main Iranian-backed militias in Iraq, suggested a desire to cool down tensions in the Middle East. His comments come after the U.S. struck dozens of sites in Iraq and Syria used by Iranian-backed militias and the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. Musawi condemned the U.S. strikes, saying the U.S. must understand that every action elicits a reaction. But he then struck a more conciliatory tone, saying that, We do not wish to escalate or widen regional tensions. The air assault was the opening salvo of U.S. retaliation for a drone strike that killed three U.S. troops in Jordan last weekend. The U.S. has blamed that on the Islamic resistance in Iraq, a coalition of Iranian-backed militias. I'm Karen Shamas. It is 5.39. Austin continues to grapple with some violence. Over the weekend, Officer Ariel Crum says 911 calls came in about an incident on the 3900 block of I-35. At the Fiesta Market 4 shoot step hotshot, multiple callers stated someone was shot, a car show was occurring, and bullets were flying. It's unclear how many people were attending that event at the time of the shooting. The crumb says officers arrived to find one person with gunshot wounds. A man later died from injuries. And no information has been given about the shooter, but the APD is still investigating. Nearly two dozen people were involved in a crash late yesterday at the intersection of Howard Lane and Harris Branch Parkway. Austin Travis County EMS says a total of 10 people were involved in this crash and with six needing to be treatments for uh, potential serious injuries, four adults and two teenagers were taken to the hospital. The city of Austin recently voted to spend $2 million uh, to pay uh, a third-party consulting firm, Kinsey and Company, to assess its homeless strategies programs. Travis County also recently had an opportunity to contract with that firm, but Commissioner Bridget Shea says the county isn't interested in doing that. There are a number of uh, concerns that have been raised about the um, consultant. Um, we certainly don't have any disagreement uh, with the idea of um, working with our governmental partners. And at the core of the uh, county's pushback is McKinsey and Company's history of working with immigration and custom enforcement and Purdue Pharma. Can the former president Donald Trump be kicked off the ballot for his role in these January the 6th events? Well, the U.S. Supreme Court considers that question this week. Justices are fast-tracking an appeal from former President Trump after Colorado's Supreme Court ruled he is disqualified from the state's primary election ballot because of the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause. Arguments are set for Thursday morning. The court has already announced added time for arguments. And while this case is about Colorado, a ruling could have wide-ranging implications. Ballot challenges are pending 
pending in several other states. Maine's Secretary of State disqualified former President Trump, a decision on hold until the Supreme Court rules on the Colorado case. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. What Midwestern state may again play a critical role in deciding who becomes the president in 2024? Fox Polling Director Dana Blanton has more. This is Poll Paris with Fox News Director of Polling Dana Blanton. Wisconsin, a key state Donald Trump won in 2016. Then it went blue for Joe Biden in 2020. Both victories were by less than one point. And it looks like another razor-thin contest in 2024. Our Fox News survey of Wisconsin voters shows the presidential race tied. Here's how that happens. Women back Biden by eight points. Men go for Trump by nine. Suburban voters favor Biden by eight. Rural voters back Trump by 13. College graduates support Biden by 18. Those without a degree pick Trump by 10. The top two issues to Badger State voters are the economy and election integrity. More trust Biden on election integrity, more trust Trump on the economy. Together, that leaves things in a draw. Of course, that's today. A lot can change before November. Check out our surveys at foxnews.com forward slash poll. I'm Dana Blanton. That's your poll Paris. Welcome back. It's 549. There's a new study that issues a warning about the infrastructure and the grid in electric vehicles. It's Fox Wheels. America's guardrail system can't handle heavy electric vehicles. That from a new study from the University of Nebraska that shows the nation's guardrails are ill-equipped because EVs weigh thousands of pounds more than the average gas-powered car. The tests show the guardrails were no match for a Rivian pickup or a Tesla Model 3. The concern over EV's weight also extends to vehicle-to-vehicle crashes, faster wear on residential streets and driveways to infrastructure like parking garages. A third of all traffic deaths in California are speed-related. That's prompted one state Democrat to push for speed limiters on vehicles that would prevent cars from being able to speed over 10 miles per hour above the limit, starting in 2027 model year vehicles. That's similar to new regulations in effect later this year in Europe. That's Fox Wheels. I'm Jeff Manasso, Fox News. What big tech giants could soon enter the world of artificial intelligence? During an earnings call, Apple CEO Tim Cook vocalized there will be a huge opportunity for Apple with generative AI and AI. That's according to the tech news website Gizmodo. In June, Apple holds its yearly Worldwide Developers Conference, or WWDC. It's when Apple unveils upcoming updates to its software. That might be a stage big enough for Cook to unveil whatever Apple is working on regarding AI, whether it's developed its own, something that feels like the Apple thing to do, or if it's integrating existing AI services like GPT into the next version of something like iOS. Eben Brown, Fox News. It is 551, and with a look at Monday Business, here's newsman Peter Schack now. The stock market is coming off four straight weeks of gains capped by a somewhat unexpected Friday surge. It was unexpected because of a much stronger than expected January jobs report, which convinced many an investor that the Fed won't be cutting rates as soon or as many times as previously thought. Stephanie Link, chief investment strategist at Hightower Advisors, says a strong economy is, for now, outweighing any disappointment over the interest rate picture. 
consumer continues to be spending, and you also had pretty good productivity numbers and unit labor costs. So I think over time we will see inflation kind of settle out. Does it get to the 2% number for the Fed? Probably not, and that's why we're going to be talking about maybe second half cuts. What does all this mean for equities? It means better earnings, and that is what is happening. Strong earnings were among the factors powering Friday's rally, with quarterly results boosting meta platforms to a 20% gain and propelling Amazon up 8%. But that that may not be enough to keep the market moving higher, according to Nuveen Chief Investment Officer Sarah Malik. These employment numbers throw a monkey wrench into the disinflation narrative that pushes out rate cuts likely till the second half of the year. Our call has only been for three to four rate cuts this year because of elongated inflation. Looking at the markets, tech has been leading here. We're just passing through the biggest week for tech earnings. My question is, what is the catalyst to take us further? The upcoming week will be the busiest of earnings season with nearly 100 S&P 500 companies reporting. Caterpillar and McDonald's will lead the way with their numbers this morning, while Walt Disney, Ford and Eli Lilly are among those reporting later in the week. Yesterday, February 4th, marked two notable anniversaries in the business world. It's been 20 years since Mark Zuckerberg launched what was then called the Facebook while a Harvard student. He's now one of the richest people in the world. And it's been 10 years since Satya Nadella took over as Microsoft CEO. That stock is up 20-fold during that time. Well, that's true, but not because Apple didn't put up big and better-than-expected profit and sales numbers for its latest quarter. Instead, investors are focusing on sales weakness in China, which is a key market for Apple's iPhone. Dan Flax is senior research strategist at Newberger Berman. Even as replacement rates lengthen for the iPhone business, uh, you're continuing to see cu customers mix higher. They want the very best product, the Pro and the Pro Max, because of the camera, amongst other features. I think China is going to remain a near-term challenge for the company. So I think they're executing well, but it's going to remain difficult in the near term. Services remain healthy, and I think we'll see better growth for the overall company later this year and into 2025. We should mention, however, that Apple stock fell about 4% in the early going on Friday, but cut that loss to about a half percent by the close. That is newsman Peter Schack now. It is 554. This is House Call for Health. February is American Heart Month. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says it's a time for people to focus on their cardiovascular health, especially women. This year, the Division for Heart Disease and Stroke Prevention wants women to, quote, listen to their hearts and speak up for their health, noting that women in the U.S. are suffering unacceptable and avoidable heart-related illnesses. Many women don't realize heart disease is the leading cause of death for women. The CDC suggests healthy habits to help lower your risk for heart disease and heart attack, like choosing healthy foods and drinks, keeping a healthy weight, getting regular physical activity, and don't smoke. The agency also suggests taking charge of your medical conditions, like checking your cholesterol, controlling your blood pressure, managing your diabetes, taking medicines as directed, and working with your health care team. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health, I'm Lisa Brady, Fox News. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Yeah, come on, get in here. It's the Monday edition of the Todd and Oz Show, and you can join us at 512-836-0590. Yeah, we got some, uh, some new information this morning when it comes to border security. Yeah, the Senate has crafted a deal to fund border security and foreign aid for Ukraine and Israel. And already GOP lawmakers this morning, they don't like this idea at all. I can't blame them. I mean, the devil's in the details. 
Uh, here's Madeline Rivera with more. It deports criminal aliens immediately after they cross the border, and it increases Border Patrol recruitment and streamlines hiring. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is looking to move quickly on the package and is eyeing votes on it this week. Well, the bottom line is that everyone who looks at our bill says that it will greatly reduce the flow of illegal immigrants into this country. And that and, and it's done in a in a fair way. The bill, which is expected to cost about one hundred eighteen billion dollars, doesn't only address the border. It also includes about sixty billion dollars to support Ukraine and fourteen billion dollars in security assistance right, for there Israel. You, there you go. Now, 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 the Senate negotiators, they released the, the text of this much anticipated border deal uh, overnight. And lawmakers have been uh, kind of hashing out the details at the White House since December, incorporating some some significant reform, including a crackdown on asylum and parolees. That's uh, that according to to the latest version of the story. Doesn't sound like it. And uh, it, it really doesn't because it allows quite a few in every day. Worse than we, you know, the rumor was 5,000 in a day. Mm-hmm. It's worse than that. Yeah. It's 8,500 people allowed in a day. Per day. Per day. Yeah, this agreement holds the potential to uh, allocate $60 billion to protect the Ukrainian border with Russia and $14 billion to Israel to protect their border with the Palestinians. $20 billion for us, $60 billion for Ukraine. Well, uh, Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, he vowed to put $17.6 billion in emergency funding on the House floor next week uh, to give Israel assistance. Uh, the Biden administration's original supplemental request, uh, the officials sought more than $100 billion in funding, including $14 billion for the border. But Republicans demanded limits on uh, migrant releases into the interior, including the use of parole. And negotiators uh, have been attempting to find uh, you know, some sort of compromise. And it appears, well, they got something on paper, but there's not a whole lot of a compromise, it appears. That's awful. Eighty-five hundred. That, that's it's, horrible. It is. And, and and you know and you had James Langford, uh, where's he from? Oklahoma, that's right. I think. And he was on uh, Fox, saw him just last week, talking about how that's all hearsay, that's all rumor. Five thousand would be would be absurd, I think is what he said. Well, apparently, yeah, he was right because it's eighty five hundred. Listen, uh, we'd love to get your thoughts. You can join us too at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Let's get some reaction from Fox News this morning on some of these details. Let's uh, let's listen in live. We're not signing over aid for Ukraine or Israel unless we do something with our border. Right. So they and, did it, yeah. Right, and the extraordinary thing, and you mentioned this at the top of the 6 o'clock hour, is you never would have thought that Democrats would vote for $1 worth of wall oh. building. But there is some wall building. Which has already been allocated. It's old Trump money yep. that they just left in the savings right. account. Yeah. Right, but it can be spent at the uh, administration's discretion but the interesting thing is under this suggestion uh is they can turn people around on the spot it's like okay you got a criminal record yes okay get out of here what are you trying to do the question is do that right do that because right now it's the sole authority with an immigration uh, judge so senator james langford's coming up surely 25 minutes he's going to expand on that well, uh, we'll hear from uh, Oklahoma's uh, GOP representative there, uh, Mr. Langford, coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, House GOP leadership, they say this bill is uh, dead on arrival. Mm-hmm. Uh, 512-836-0590. 
Uh, Governor Greg Abbott had a few things to say yesterday about that video of those police officers in New York being jumped Mm -hmm. by that mob of illegal aliens. It may be the most reprehensible thing that I've seen. Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who has sent many migrants to New York City by bus, weighed in on the beating of NYPD officers caught on tape. Governor Abbott said on Fox's Sunday Morning Futures, it's another facet to trouble that stems from the southern border. What's going on in New York is outrageous, and Americans across the entire country are angry. Governor Abbott said Biden administration open border policies are to blame. New York's Democratic governor, Kathy Hochul, said the migrants should be arrested and deported. Gernal Scott. Fox News. Yeah, that was only after she invited and welcomed him to the city, right? Right. As a sanctuary city governor. Right, yeah. right, right. We, we, you know, it was not a problem until it was a problem for, right. for her. Right. Well, you know, and Abbott had uh, 13 other governors down here, I think it was just yesterday, at Eagle Eagle Pass there. That's right. You know, saying, look, we stand together and, and we will continue to stand together. This fight is, I think, long from over. 616 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Join us at 512-836-0590. Austin police are investigating a stabbing. It happened in the West Campus area about um, 7 o'clock last night. This is near uh, 26th and Nueces. Police say the victim was taken to the hospital with stab wounds. One person was arrested. The group Safe Horns, they say, um, well, it has people, um, you know, available if you happen to, to, to witness a stabbing and want someone to talk to. Uh, they also uh, remind us about the escort service that, uh, you know, they have when it comes to uh, walking students across campuses. Yeah. The West Campus Ambassador Program provides, uh, you know, someone to walk with yeah. uh, to your car. Was this a student? Was this uh, on West Campus, uh, as in the campus? Well, uh, 26th and Nueces. Yeah. So, so I guess, you know, right there, r- right there nearby. Yeah. Uh, police have one person that they detained in the stabbing, uh, and, and they say, you know, it's just probably an isolate, but they didn't say anything about the, the attacker. I mean, is this one of those incidents involving a machete and somebody just walking along the hike and bike trail? Is this one of those random attacks? Well, that's a good question. I, I, I guess we're, we're, we're going to have to wait and find out when more info comes out on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, certainly the, the problem of... of the possibility of something like that happening to you yeah. around West Campus sure. is very high these days. Well, there's, I mean, there's countless students that have stories about being harassed by the homeless. Yes. On the drag. And half for years. Half for years. It's kind of been a thing. Right. But, you know, they, they really, something has changed. The mentality, you know, it used to be when I was younger, you know, walking around the drag. I mean, it wasn't uncommon to, you know, the people, you know, put up a, you know, ask for money or have a sign or something. But yeah. People have gotten very aggressive oh, down yeah. there. The homeless, really, you know, reach out and touch you. It's a mental health. It's a drug problem. You yeah. know that it just continues to run rampant down there. It is uh, six eighteen. So Austin continues to grapple with some violence, and over the weekend, Officer Area Crumbs says nine one one calls came in about an incident on the thirty nine hundred block of I thirty five. At the Fiesta Market Four shoot step hot shot, multiple callers stated someone was shot. A car show was occurring. And bullets were flying. Yeah, now it's unclear how many people may have been attending that event. Officers arrived at approximately 1828 along with Alston Travis County EMS and purport, performed life-saving measures. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the victim is pronounced deceased on scene. Yeah, there you go. One person dead from those gunshot wounds. Uh, no information has been given about the shooter, but the APD is still investigating. I don't know why they call these things car shows. Because every car show I've gone to, it's been a beautiful family gathering. Very safe. This yeah. is not a car show. These are street takeover gangs. That's what this is. Well, I'm sure you got there, some of that riffraff in there. Yeah, but I, I, don't, a, I don't say all of them are. Yeah, there's a re, they're, they're, there's, that's the same group. That's the reason why you don't have a Highland Mall anymore. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same group.
Well, I mean, look, to play devil's advocate, uh, you know, people getting together and showing off their, their car, you know, to, to somebody else who also loves it. I mean, that's, that's a tale as old as cars. Sure. You know, getting together, meetups. I remember uh, San Antonio years ago in the 90s, uh, it was like, oh, the weekend on Mulberry Street, and they would have just a line of these hot rods up and down. You know, it was really I get cool. it. I used to be part of those things, too. But things have changed. Like, kind of like we were talking, something changed along the lines, and now, you know, you go to a, a car meetup, because everybody likes to go to car meetups in a Fiesta parking lot, right? Big old donuts in the parking lot or in the street intersection, and pulling out guns and trucks. No, it's it's not the way it was. No, not you, at all. Yeah, before you know it, you're doing your best Neo impression. Right. Dodging bullets. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's unfortunate, though, that, you know, we, we hear about this happening way too often It now. is uh, 620 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Uh, you could join us at 512-836-0590. Uh, city Councilman Ryan Alter, I think, is uh, City Council Place 5. Is that correct? Uh, yes, District anyway, 5. Uh, Councilman Ryan Alter, along with co-sponsors Vanessa Fuentes, Jose Vasquez, Paige Ellis, the most liberal and progressive of the City Council, uh, well, they got a big initiative that they're launching uh, coming up uh, with the city council meeting on February the 25th. And in fact, they're floating the idea of a massive bond package to save the planet. Wah, wah. Because, <laughs> you know, the, the, the climate change thing is is really taking hold. And uh, we only have a few years left on this planet. And, well, they, they want to ramp up the Austin Climate Equity Plan. Uh, and it's agenda item number 25 on the city council agenda. They don't say how much they want. No. But I'm sure it's a lot, right? It was, go ahead. It, well, it would have to be. But I, but I think first, you know, because he mentions it in his little press release that they're going to, you know, start a public process uh, and get recommendations. That may include a November bond election. So I think through that process, we'll learn about how, how many billions of dollars it's going to take to save the planet. Of course. He's going to appoint, a, you know, a special commission that wants the billions. Yeah. Uh, Councilman Ryan Alter on his uh, city website, he says, Austin has done an excellent job of planning to address our climate crisis, but we're falling short of our goals. Climate change will not wait for us to act. If we're not willing to invest in our future, extreme weather will only get worse, and the reliability of basic things like clean air, fresh water, and the availability of electricity will diminish. This this young man thinks he can change the climate. He certainly does. Wow, that's so big and bold of him. Well, it, does, he, does he wear a cape? I, he, I think he, he does at home. Ryan Alter sounds like a superhero. In his own mind. Well, you know, he's he, he goes on to talk about being the father of three young children, and I know what to do, what it's going to take. we got to be proactive. we got to invest big. And he's saving the world, man. Well, uh, according to his press release, the good news, we know what to do. We can choose to invest proactively and prevent the worst impacts of climate change, or we can drag our feet and spend more money repairing the damage. <laughs> As a father of three young children, I choose to invest now in the sustainability of our city, the resilience of our community, and the future of our residents. Man, he sounds he sounds tough. What arrogance. I mean, really, really, really. We're, we're talking about this celestial body on which we're perched, you know, thanks to gravity. And he's going to save us. He's going to save it all. But it's going to take your money to do it. Actually, not your, well, yeah, a lot of debt. And you're going to take it on. You will say yes to this one way or another. Well, yeah. you might not, but the city will, I promise you. Uh, yeah. They said, well, anyway, this resolution comes as Austin is increasingly experienced. As Ryan Alter says, weather extreme events, climate change impacts, and critical infrastructure failure. As the city council updates its Austin Energy Resource Generation and Climate Protection Plan. 
Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, net zero carbon emissions by 2040, that's what he says. Just like Denver and San Francisco and Washington, D.C. are on mission for. All those towns that are broke. <laughs> <laughs> and Denver, you know, Denver yeah. really, they're, they're, they're being crushed under the way of the illegal immigration, too. Their health care system's about to crush. But, yeah, let's, let's spend all this money instead of just worrying about, you know, city stuff. Here's what Councilmember Velasquez says. Addressing and responding to this very real challenge caused by climate change isn't an option. It's our duty. It's our duty. How about that? And while he says, as stewards of the city, it's our responsibility to demand action and ensure that Alston becomes and remains a city that invests in sustainable solutions. Like uh, natural gas, right? Nuke. Right, nuclear energy and natural gas? No. No, I doubt we're going to look there. Well, uh, Velasquez says, together we can create a healthy and thriving community for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Well, ain't that just exciting? Councilmember Vanessa Fuentes, she says, it's high time that we rise to the moment and tackle the climate crisis head on. She's going to fix it, too. I, I, I just, I don't know what any city thinks that it can do. And what are we going to do? We're going to electrify everything. We're, we're still going to have to charge up all these batteries. It's going to take a lot of juice from the grid to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing that, that this city has ever done, really, has been cheap. Certainly, we see it's across true. the world that, that this green, all this green initiative stuff is extremely expensive, and this city will go as expensive as they possibly can, as high mm-hmm. cost as they can. And I, well, what would you say he... He may throw out a number like two, three billion dollars. Oh, come on, really? Well, I, I mean, I was, wow. sho- I was shocked at like a billion dollar. Wow, you know, that's a, I mean, it's, hey, got to save the planet from Austin, Texas. That's true. That's It's going right. to take some. That's money. true. It's got to be billions, right? It's got to be bold and big because right. we're saving the planets. He's going to make a statement. You can't just dig into the couch cushions to find this one. All right, jump in here five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Uh, here on the Todd and Oz Show, uh, controversial Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza is up for re-election this November, and the challengers are coming out of the woodwork. Uh, we heard from one just last week. One is Democrat challenger Jeremy, how do you say his last name? Silistine. Silistine. Jeremy Silistine. Cool name. We had him on the show, I think, briefly. Yeah, I think he called in once. Yeah. And uh, well, anyway, he's been a prosecutor for the county for 15 years, and he says Garza's policies have hurt the community. The DA's office, and Jose Garza in particular, are going to say that Austin is one of the safest cities in America, but that's not what people are feeling. That's certainly not what the numbers are showing. So I think that we can point to very specific cases where uh, the DA's office has simply not done its job. All right. So Gars has been, he says that uh, Gars has been ignoring the crime and uh, and going very light on sentences, uh, which has had a real impact from, on your safety. Uh, Gars, in meantime, claims to have this 91% conviction rate for violent offenses and We've all uh, noticed that, you know, every news outlet in town has debunked those numbers. Right. 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 But he still continues to say that's uh, that's our numbers. He worked for the for the DA's office. He was a prosecutor for the county for 15 years. One year after Garza took office, he left, uh, along with a lot of prosecutors. Sure. And, and he was just like, I, the writing was on the wall at that yeah. point. 6.33 here on the Todd and Oz Show. And you can join us at 512-836-0590. The Senate has released its long-awaited border bill that reportedly increases the inflow of legalized immigrants into America's communities, workplaces, and schools. It's titled the Emergency National Security Supplemental Appropriations Act of 2024. It was released last night about 6.40 p.m. It totals 370 pages, so... I would think that a lot of those staffers were up all night long doing some reading. 
Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. It, it, it is, uh, I think it's very, it's not good for border security. It's not good for national security. You're talking about, you know, this big package, $20 billion is all that would be put down in our area. And, and, and we wouldn't spend it on actually securing the border. We're spending it to get people processed. The 5,000 per day illegal immigrant rumor that had been floating around the, the internet that turned out that wasn't true because it's actually eighty five hundred. Yeah, now look, it's it's accompanied by a, a multi billion dollar appropriations bill that is intended to to, uh, to fund the resources needed to register, release, transport, and house migrants in America's coastal cities and inland communities. The bill is being marketed as a national security bill as it seeks to uh, overcome some opposition by Republicans. Uh, and and Oklahoma lawmaker uh, uh, Mr. Langford. One of the uh, central figures in this, um, I guess, this negotiation, he's live on Fox. Let's listen in. December, what just happened when we had 10 and 12,000 people a day coming across? And this authority is a 5,000 authority to say if you get to 5,000, which we've been there every single day except for seven in the last four months, that it completely closes the border down. It deports everyone. It changes the paradigm from right now what the Biden administration is doing is catching and releasing everyone to actually catching and deporting everyone. It literally flips the script on it. I have people saying, well, I don't want to do that at 5,000. I want to do that at 3,000. Say, well, fine, we can do 3,000. But right now, every day we're at 5,000. It doesn't matter between the two. We've got to be able to have something that mandatorily deports everyone rather than actually releases everyone. That's what this does. Some people are thinking that this is somehow like counting 5,000 people in every day and releasing them. That, that's absurd. We change the asylum laws. We increase detention beds. We double the deportation flights. Uh, we uh, add ankle monitors for people that are actually coming through that do these family groups that come through so we can track any individual that when we don't have capacity right. there's all the things that we build into this to make this a much stronger system gaps that are in the law get closed in this structure so you're saying even people who have come through and they actually fit the demand and can get in that counts including people right. that are get rejected that counts so when you hit That's that right. 5,000 number everything shuts down almost like the stock right. market when there's too much trading they'll shut it down to the next day and you're saying if this was in place now the border would be shut down that's correct. The border would be shut down. Not only the border would be shut down today, it had been shut down every single day the last four months, and we'd have been turning people around. Instead, actually, people have been released into the country. If this would have been in place four months ago, we'd have had a million fewer illegal immigrants into our country right now. Also, uh, there's some text in there that says the president does have some discretion to open up the border after it's shut down uh, and, and not go by these rules. Is that true? So, it, again, we're back to the crazy details of this of people that are throwing stuff in there just trying to be able to attack a proposal that actually closes the border down. Yes, there's a discretionary piece on this, but it's a mandatory close down. They've got 275 days in the next year that has to be closed down. There is some discretion for the president to be able to reopen it, 45 of those. If we have something like a hurricane come through Central America, something like that, we're trying to be able to manage a natural disaster. But it's not like just a random turnaround on this. And I've had folks that have said, hey, the the Secretary of Homeland Security would have those authorities. So would every president. So would, you know, a, a Chad Wolf in a future Trump administration would have authority. So the, the key thing here is changes the asylum laws, builds more wall, adds more detention beds, adds more deportation flights, uh, changes this 10-year backlog that we're currently in now to weeks before people are actually deported. That's what the bill really does. All right. So the main thing that you got, you believe one of the main things is asylum changes. Now, the criteria to get into our country, you need to do what? 
So right now, if you walk across the border today, you can say, I have fear in my country, and you'll be released into the country for 10 years. Under this bill, you walk across the border and say, I have fear in my country. They say, prove it. You've got to have a higher standard of evidence. And then they say, they're going to check your criminal record. They're going to say, could you have internally relocated into another place in your own country, which by far most people could? Did you, could you have stopped somewhere along the way right. and actually remained there? If any of those are true, then you're deported immediately. Instead, today, they're going to be released for 10 years under this bill. They would be deported quickly on it. But not unaccompanied minors and not families. They get ankle monitors and get to stay, right? Well, they get ankle monitors, but they actually go through this higher standard. They don't get to stay. They go through this higher standard. They immediately have their processing within weeks, and then they are deported as well. Uh, the difference is it's very difficult to be able to actually um, uh, hold all of these families in that position, so you've got to find another way to be able to do it. So this bill addresses that. Right now, again, those families are released for 10 years. In this structure, it would be weeks, and then they would be deported. So people have got to decide on this. Do I want everyone in the country, unlimited numbers, what we have now, or do we want to have a faster, stronger system that we're actually deporting people? All right, so let's talk about the NGOs, uh, the Catholic Charities. They get huge money to house and provide, uh, and provide accommodations to illegal aliens who are trying to get into this country. You put $1.4 billion into this. Uh, that is an area in which I know Republicans are upset about. Can you want to expand on that? Yeah, it is interesting. I have some folks that are upset about trying to get humanitarian aid to people that are struggling on it. I, I get that. We want to be able to, we're Americans, we provide food and water to people and don't just leave them in the desert to be able to die. But I would also say that aid is also attached to our beds. So here's how we attach these two things together. So to be able to get that economic assistance actually got out, that means the Biden administration, before that assistance goes out at the end of it, that means that they've got to add more deportation flights, they've got to add more uh, detention beds, they've got to add more ICE officers, they have to add more Border Patrol officers, right. they have to actually implement these things before those final dollars go out. So those things are attached. That's actually a forcing mechanism to say right. you want those dollars to go out, you got to actually start deporting people. So here's what Senator Mike Lee said. Not only does he say you need three weeks to read through it, he said no self-respecting senator should agree to vote on a 370-page bill this week. Any 41 senators can prevent the bill from proceeding. If you agree that senators should have this bill for at least a few weeks, and certainly more than a few days, before voting on it, say so. Uh, you understand where he's coming from, right? Don't you guys have a procedural vote this week? Are you going to vote on the bill by the end of the week? So we actually have this bill came out uh, yesterday, Sunday. Uh, it, the first procedural vote is Wednesday, and that procedural vote is literally just open it up to be able to go through it and to be able to say, are we going to debate it this week? That's what Senator okay. Lee is actually talking about. It's interesting that he said he's already opposed to it. He needs three weeks to be able to read it, but he's already opposed to it. Uh, so uh, again, people have got to be able to read it, go through it themselves. Don't just go off a Facebook post somewhere what the bill says. This dramatically changes asylum. It dramatically changes deportations. We no longer have a 10-year backlog. It builds right. more wall. Those are the key things that it actually does. But read it for yourselves. Don't just believe what's online. There you go. That's uh, Mr. Langford live on Fox. He's the uh, lawmaker from Oklahoma that's been negotiating some of this. House Speaker Mike Johnson says, uh, I've seen enough. Uh, this bill is worse than uh, first thought is what he says. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you, you hear these stories about uh, the ankle monitors and, the, you know, the future hearings years in advance. Are, are these folks, some of them really going to wear an ankle monitor for Three, four, five years? I highly doubt that. That doesn't make any sense. And honestly, that's that's way too much to ask of, you know, or to, to expect that someone's going to do. You know, we've got thousands of people that come over every day. We're going to put an ankle monitor on those that we know and have released. And then we expect seven, eight years later, 
they'll come back still wearing that ankle monitor, by the yeah. way. No way. It's 6.48. Jump in here. 512-836-0590. It appears that uh, lawmakers are kind of getting closer to some sort of border deal that also includes funding for Ukraine and Israel and uh, yeah, jump in at 512-836-0590. Anything stand out to you? Well, you know, I mean, listening to James Langford talk earlier, you know, we had him on last segment uh, and, and, you know, talking about how uh, we're, we're not going to be letting in all these. The, the bill doesn't allow for all these thousands to come in each day. The thing is, though, it does. It says mandatory activ- activation of this emergency border authority would only be imposed during a seven-day consecutive calendar where there's an average of 5,000 or more or on any one calendar day with a combined total of 8,500 or more people are encountered. Well, Langford says that the numbers will be uh, will be slowed, and that's the ultimate goal, he says, is to slow the flow of illegal immigration with the, you know, ankle monitors and, 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 and more judges, you know, asylum judges, that sort of thing, to process and facilitate all of this. Uh, it, it feels like we're not getting the full truth story here, are we? No. Yeah. No. And, and, and there's also the, that very egregious aspect of the whole thing where, Ukraine would get sixty billion dollars. Uh, Israel would get about what, like fourteen million or billion, and then we would get twenty billion for our border. But I think Israel—no offense to Israel—but I don't think they need our fourteen billion. I think they could stand up just fine. Certainly, Ukraine's gotten a lot from us. What about us? Uh, Jenny is in South Austin this morning uh, on the Tide and Oz show. Jenny, good morning. Good morning, y'all. How are you? Great. What's going on? Well, I wanted to weigh in on that immigration issue, and I, actually, last year I did the same thing, but. My sister-in-law immigrated here, well, came here on a student visa from Japan and received two master's degrees mm. in that time from the Texas State University and still had to wait two years to take a job offer before she could leave the state of Texas. Wow. And, and, it, and it's like, what do these people think? I mean, here she probably, honestly, is a, no offense to anybody, but a better American than most of us, and she never even grew up here. Mm. You know, and, and, and but these people think that they can just come on in. You know, hey, here's the door. You know, come on in. Do you, feel, everybody. Do you feel like they cut in line kind of thing? Kind of thing, yeah. She yeah. still had to wait like almost, it was actually like two and a half years. Wow. That's, a, that's, a, that's quite a and while. Like a, a, yeah, it's like, come on now. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, those, that's, a, that's a side of it that needs to be addressed Absolutely. for sure. Well, Absolutely. and as, as long as two and a half years is, that's actually one of the better terms i've i've heard you know I've, i hear stories of people's you know five seven ten years they're waiting just to do it legally and you're right that needs some reform if, if we're gonna you know continue to to do this there was a a horrible car crash on i-35 yesterday this was uh this was a big one mm-hmm. uh sent like a dozen people to the hospital i think it was mm-hmm. 10 to 12 people did you hear about this yeah man this was uh late yesterday this is near howard lane at harris branch parkway Involving several cars, at least six cars. I think that's what I read. And, uh, and, and, and several people were transported to the hospital with serious injuries. Mm-hmm. What a mess. Mm-hmm. Four adults, two teenagers uh, taken to the hospital, six total. Yeah. Man. Yeah, ten people involved total in the wreck. Four cars, six, six hospitalized. This was a big one, and, and it had that whole area shut down there. Uh, and I think, you know, they were taken to multiple hospitals, mm-hmm. you know, Dell and, and uh, St. David's. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was nasty. And, and, and it took hours, I would assume, for the roadway to open back up the yeah, area there. Yeah. But what a mess, man. It's 
Good grief. Yeah, that many. We haven't had a, an accident involving that many injuries in, in a while. Thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. So we had that big crash. We had, uh, you know, we had stabbing on West Campus. We had a shooting at a, at a car meetup. You know, it was a, it was a, and I think a pedestrian was also hit by a car mm. heading into the weekend. So it was a busy weekend for first responders, no doubt. Listen, we got an update on the city of Austin's efforts to, uh, to hire a third party consulting firm. To basically do an audit of all the uh, city services when it comes to homeless, uh, homeless spending. Well, uh, the city's going to spend $2 million to pay this third-party consulting firm, McKinsey & Company, to assess its homeless strategies and programs. Uh, Travis County also recently had an opportunity to contract with that same firm, but they voted no. And uh, Councilmember Bridget Shea, uh, here's what she says. There are a number of... Uh, concerns that have been raised about the um, consultant. Um, we certainly don't have any disagreement uh, with the idea of um, working with our governmental partners. Now, uh, at the core of the county's pushback is McKinsey and Company's history of working with Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Yeah, that's one of them. In other words, cooperating with the authorities. Yes, that's correct. Does Commissioner Bridget Shea encourage the county to cooperate with authorities? I don't believe so. She doesn't? I don't believe that, that she's an the, advocate of that. I mean, that's kind of what she's saying here, right? Yeah, I, I think that, that uh, Bridget Shea is among those in the county and the city governments that that don't want that sort of cooperation on the local don't level. Wanna, don't want to cooperate with the feds on any level. Right. Right. Really? I, I, at least not when it comes to, to the immigration issue. You know, I mean, that was a big... Remember how big that debate what was. What about bank robberies? Does she want to cooperate with the feds on that? I would hope so. What about... Uh, federal crime. What about rampant car theft? She want to cooperate with federal... What about human trafficking? Does, uh, does, does Commissioner Bridget Shea want to cooperate with the authorities on those kinds of investigations? Possibly. I, 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 I mean, I would, you know, these are things I would hope that our elected officials would care enough about to, you know, want to partner with the feds. I but, have you know, my you, doubts. You're, you, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. We don't want to break. I think that we, we don't want to break up families as people have just come here illegally for a better life. Now, listen, uh, also with Purdue Pharma. Yes. That's uh, was that the, the, the pain pill company family? Yeah, they uh, they helped. With like the, yeah, they, it was part of like the sales and marketing strategy they worked with on Purdue Pharma. Um, and uh, yeah, Oxycontin and, and that. Firm later paid a settlement of like five hundred and seventy three dollars, uh, or five hundred seventy three million dollars rather. So she she's not necessarily against some sort of uh, county audit when it comes to a homeless strategy, right? Yeah, or she she just doesn't like McKinsey McKinsey and Company, right? That's the main that's the main issue here. But the, you know the city of Austin's already spending two million dollars on it. They're going to go with them. The county could have thrown in four hundred thousand dollars to offset some of the city's costs. That's what this was, and 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 the county says no, we're not interested because we don't like. McKinsey, and they, they work with So I would assume the ICE. county commissioner, Bridget Shea, has got another company in mind to, to, to audit homeless strategy at the county level? Not that I've heard of. No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Because that's, that's what I thought she was going towards. My guess is that they're, they're probably not rushing toward getting audited anytime soon. If they, you know, the, the, the longer it takes, the better, the better it is for all of them. Maybe involved. so. Maybe so. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio. KLBJ.